This podcast brought to you by Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. You can listen at mixcloud.com slash daddy jam. Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. Welcome to TBF, a Browns fans podcast. Fake it to him. Burrow has a target. Zeit and it's stolen. It's stolen by Denzel Ward, who cuts back at the 40, and he may be going the distance. A full 100 yards to glory. Wow, what a great call by you right there, too. That was amazing. What an interception. And guess what? McDowell for the Browns fans. They are happy you jumped offside. take over at the 40. And look at Baker going long. Peoples Jones with the touchdown. 60 yards. They give it to him. They give it to him on second and 10. And he breaks a big one. He might take it all the way. As Chubb takes it to the end zone for the touchdown. 70 yards. Coach Stefanski, here's your next-gen stats. Hand the ball off to that guy. It's going to work. We'll see in terms of their ability, uh, or availability, excuse me. Uh, we, we, as you guys know the rules, we'll see how this week goes, if we can get them back or not. Uh, if they're unable to make it to the game, you know, Dearness Johnson obviously is, is our is our starter in that scenario. And then we have some other options uh, that we're going to look at this week. Okay, we've kind of talked about over the years uh, that guys have to step up. Uh, we talked about it going back to that Denver game with Dearness, and he did. Uh, his role for us moving forward uh, is somebody that we're going to count on, and, uh, and he works very hard. We brought the wrath, baby, in Cincinnati. Oh, there ain't nothing better than that. A Browns win against the Bengals. It's like, I think the only thing better is a Browns win against the Steelers or the or the Ravens. Right. The best team in Ohio. Well, this the Battle of Ohio is currently tilted our way now keep in mind there's a there's a rubber match to play if you will well not a rubber match but you know we got to complete the scenario and and this year we complete our season with the Bengals in Cleveland okay so hopefully we got healthy bodies back then oh speaking of healthy bodies or maybe lack thereof Nick Chubb tested positive for COVID along with Demetric Felton um you know, two thirds of the remaining running back room tested positive for COVID. Status uncertain for the game on Sunday against the Patriots. Yeah, well, at least we yeah, had well, yeah. Johnson. Baker Mayfield held out of practice today with a sore foot. 
but it's no big deal, or so they say. (laughs) That's right. He plays no matter what. Arm severed, it's not a problem. Yeah, you got it, baby. But let's get into this thing. It's TBF, a Browns fans podcast. Man, this is a place where we get together every week. Well, at least during the regular season. And talk about the Browns, their most recent game, their upcoming game, and and just what it might mean at this moment to be a Browns fan. So, Hugh, say hi. Say hi to everybody, man. Hi, how you doing out there? Our Browns are awesome. Jeff, say hey. And and oh, all hey. I all I have to say is one thing. What? Man, we got DPJ. Who needs OPJ? We got DPJ. You do have DPJ. That is for sure. A fact. People's Jones, baby. Yeah, I think we're gonna be fine. Receiver aspect. Yeah, I'm telling you, number eleven is special. I knew it the day we drafted him. I you did. see the arms on him? He is cut up. He, yeah, he's a... Um, now, there's an interesting... See, so let's do this. We're going to add a little more structure to TBF this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to do some... We're going right. to look at some headlines. Then we're going to look at the game. Then we're going to talk about them goddamn blasted Patriots, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, mm. but right now we're going to start by looking at, you know, just some interesting headlines. Um, and, you know, listen, let's not ignore the elephant in the room. Let's embrace it. Here in some kind of Browns related news, but not related to us unless we have to face them later on. Some people had made aspersions and cast uh, predictions that maybe or possibly because of his uh, stated relationship with Tom Brady that OBJ might end up with the Bucks, right? Well, Bruce yeah. Arians has something to say about that. You know what he says? We all, we already got a B. There's too many letters, man. We don't need all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He said, uh, yeah, nah, we're not interested. Yeah. No, no, no. Anyway, um, speaking of OBJ, let's get this out the way. So the Browns did, in fact, part ways with OBJ, and they cut a deal with OBJ where they convert. They weren't able to convert uh, portions of his salary to uh, roster bonuses. Was the original thought on how they were going to do this thing, but what they did do was get OBJ to waive a percentage of his termination pay. Right. Okay. Now, wait a minute. Right. There are a lot of general managers in the league right now basically uh, saying this. And let me find this article because I thought this was uh, fairly instructive, fairly interesting. And, uh, and, and yeah, you know, it just takes the Browns to, to, to really kind of, you know, do a thing like this, if you will. But. Oh, so, yeah, I really thought I flipped this article that I'm talking about into the TBF Nation magazine on uh, on Flipboard. But what I am not seeing um, is the article now. Okay, but it, it, it basically stated this in simplicity. It was like, look, 
the Browns doing this with OBJ is going to open up a Pandora's box, and there's going to be a number of veterans that are on rosters that are due monies uh, that will be asked to make this deal to stay on rosters. Okay. Right. It's going to be interesting because it'll, it'll work good as long as promises get kept. The first well, guy gets burnt. The first guy gets burnt signing away a portion of his termination pay to, to, to basically be ensured that he won't be cut before week one. Because if you're not cut before week one of the regular season, there are certain aspects and everything of monies that, you know, you qualify for. Okay. Right. You get cut in the preseason. It don't, it don't matter, but they're going to be guys that are going to be faced with this. Okay. Because of. Yeah. And he let all his um, unguaranteed money, I think the next two years or whatever, go. So here, here's a good, here's a good one, guys. Uh, David Njoku stunned after Miles Garrett tells him the season's 17 games long. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there, there was. Uh, funny. Yeah, there were a lot of changes this NFL offseason during a handful of big trades and dreaded taunting penalty becoming a point of emphasis for officials. But perhaps nothing was more important than the addition of an extra game to the schedule. Instead of playing 16 games over 17 weeks, the, tw the 2021 season and beyond would be made up of 17 games over 18 weeks, leading to a whole lot of potential broken records, player dur durability issues, and more. It was news to everyone yeah. when the plan to expand the season was made late in 2020, but it's old news now that we're quite literally in the middle of it. Somehow, Cleveland Browns tight end David Njoku never got the memo. And, and in a tweet, uh, Don Cleveman with the NFL tweeted, uh, Njoku 80 was absolutely shocked to find out there are eight more games this season. Flash Garrett had to, had to keep him correct. And so here we go. I don't know if you guys are going to be able to hear this. Let's see. Six more? No, this is nine. <laughs> yeah, they're on the sideline, and Miles is telling them, look, man, we got eight more. We got eight more. It's like, no, man, it's nine. This is week nine. We got seven more, man. No, no, we got eight more. We got eight more. <laughs> That's right. Surprise, and Browns, surprise. Andrew Barry, during all this controversy, is still taking care of business, extended Miles Teller, and signed Offensive lineman Joel Batonio to a three-year extension as well. Taking care of that beast of line, baby. Keeping oh, yeah. it in place. That, that is definitely something that can be kept in, in place. Um, you, I'm sure you meant Wyatt Teller and not Miles Teller. <laughs> yeah, that Miles Teller. He's the actor that was in the uh, uh, Fantastic, that bad Fantastic Four movie. Right? Yeah, wrong guy. Yeah, Wyatt Teller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's who I meant. But, hey, not like I didn't say it before, boys, but the Cleveland Browns have a breakout wide receiver in Donovan Peoples-Jones. DPJ. In a, in a tight race a for the game. play. 
in a tight race for the playoffs with the AFC essentially wide open. The AFC North is one of the toughest conferences along with the AFC West with every team above 500. <clears throat> Coming off a dominant performance against the Cincinnati Bengals at their home turf, the Cleveland Browns need to get on a hot streak at the right time. Heading into New England to face off against the Patriots in Week 10, Cleveland, taking care of business against another AFC contender this coming week, will be pivotal due to the rest of their schedule. With all the Odell Beckham Jr. drama dominating the high lines prior to Week 9, they shut out the noise, surprisingly got their passing game back, and sort of in the context of the last few games. Baker Mayfield, playing with his current shoulder injury, played well and recorded his best passer rating this season at 132.6 without turning over the football. The passing aspect of the Stefanski-led Browns offense hasn't been consistent so far with a lack, with a lack of an option opposite Jarvis Landry, who was out for a few games earlier this season due to injury. Rashard Higgins has been nothing but a backup or reserve receiver most of the time, and rookie Anthony Schwartz is used sparingly. <clears throat> Higgins is has reliable hands but isn't a field stretcher unlike Schwartz, but the rookie still needs development compared to the veteran receiver. Either way, both are just not used for the most part, and the coaching staff doesn't trust them as the second receiver option with their minimal snap count and targets each week. The Browns' focal point on offense is still their ground game. But do, well, anyway, the long story short is enter Donovan Peoples-Jones, the former sixth-round pick and second-year receiver out of Michigan. Last year, he, he was buried in the depth chart as a rookie, but now has quietly seen more and more snaps as a number two receiver this year. But I just want to point out that I think if you look at last year, and you look at highlights of Browns receivers. One of the absolute right. most fantastic catches made by a Browns receiver all year last year was Donovan Peoples-Jones against the Cincinnati Bengals at the side of the end zone, making an absolutely fantastic one-armed catch. Okay. Right. Of a Baker Mayfield ball that was placed where only Peoples-Jones could get to it. And if he didn't, nobody would. Um, right. And it was just a glimmer of the potential that was there. And I, I just want to say this. And, and I mean, this, this is, listen, not to, I'm not trying to start any shit or anything, but I honestly believe that DPJ was being held down by OBJ because he wasn't getting on the field as much as he could have or maybe even should have on a team where OBJ was available. And listen, yeah. I, I am in some ways saddened by the fact that the Browns couldn't make OBJ work. It, it, it almost seems impossible to get a receiver right. of the quality of OBJ and somehow not be able to get him to work. But, but addition by subtraction is apparently what the Browns are very good at. Okay. At this point, anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, I was listening to something and they were talking about, sorry to cut you off there, um, but I was listening to something and they were basically saying, I think it was first take ESPN or whatever, but they did say something that uh, clicked with me and that's, uh, you know, the Browns and we should be happy about this because this is new for us. We have a system. 
Okay. Yeah, I know. And, we got and a system, we are, man. The fact we that we a have a system now, we are able to slot guys into our system. Okay. And it doesn't mean that if they're not better, one's better than another or won't perform better. Okay. But we can put a guy who's decent in there and make him look good. Here's a guy okay? I hate to and, quote. Yeah. Here's a guy from the national punditry, if you will, ESPN, Fox Sports, all them guys. But and that I kind of hate to quote because he's definitely a homer for the Browns, if not just for Baker Mayfield, but Dan Orlovsky. But he's, he said it numerous times on numerous shows this week already. See, with the Browns, it's about plays, not players. Yeah. It's about plays, like not players. And it is next man up mentality. And listen, if Nick Chubb's not available, it's going to be Dearness Johnson and we're going to get some yards. Now, honest to goodness, if you take, um, and I, this kind of far, foreshadowing further conversations down the road in this podcast, but if you take New England, what, what are they going to do? They're going to take the thing that you're best at, right? Right. So they're going to stack they're the gonna line. Load the box. They're going to load the box yeah. until yeah. Baker beats them. Yeah. I mean, until Baker beats him. But now, now listen, Baker starts beating him, and that box is going to get little sparse. Okay, right. Okay, right. is all I'm telling yeah. you is, in many t in many ways, you're going to say the Browns' offense uh, feeds off its run, and that's very well true. But if a team commits to stopping that run, that's when your pass came, then can turn around and free the run game up. So it can lead the offense yeah. again. Right. But what I was going to finish that point with is that basically OBJ probably just didn't fit in our system very well. We are a system team now. Okay. And, and he's um, not a system yeah. guy. He's a, and he's, he's not a, a system type. <clears throat> yeah. Receiver. He's a guy where he's going to be the guy. Right. So I agree with it. And if you look at it, I mean, it is what it is. Like I said, it's not that skill cannot excel because obviously Chubb is our best running back and he performs the best in our system. Sure. But does. we can put other running backs in. There <coughs> I got a 70 yard. Well. I got a 70 yard one as exhibit a 70 yard run past Sunday. as right. Exhibit a for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's the definitely. Best, I mean, yeah. you can you can see it. But you can also see that we have a system in place so we can put a guy in there and we make a, a decent guy look good. We'll make a good guy look great and we'll make a great guy look ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How, how, uh, how, long, how long before uh, Hunt comes back? Um, well, definitely not this week. Okay. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the most anybody can tell you. And listen, Kevin Stefanski is close to the vest on this shit. He's not going to tell you anything that ain't ready to be told. You just listen yeah. to his answers. I, I like that. You listen to his answers as regarding that. Like, for instance, somebody asked him the obvious question. Well, how is Nick? Does he have symptoms? I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, I think not, they should keep it hushed and then Nick end up playing. <clears throat> you know what or I mean? Not, if he I ends mean, up playing, just completely keep it hush. Or not. I mean, we don't know. They might know now that Nick's not going to be able to play. They ain't gonna tell you. And the rules no, are simple. Why? And the rules yeah. are the rules are simple. Okay. He's tested positive and he's vaccinated, which means plain and simple. What he has to do to return is to have two negative tests that are 24 hours separated before the game. So if he tests negative today, then tomorrow, 24 hours later, he has to test negative again. 
And then he's free to rejoin the team. Plain and simple. Yeah. Same with Demetric Felton. So, now, now let's not let's not go on about that because we want to cut catch a couple more of these headlines and then move on and talk about that game, man. But uh, this one will get you guys. Cleveland Browns backers rank among most likely fans to start a fight. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So uh, Cleveland is home to some incredibly loyal sports fans. But does their passion drive fights? U.S. bets wondered which NFL fans are most likely to start a fight. So the legal gambling and sports betting authority got to work. In a report shared earlier this month, U.S. bet says, Viral TikTok videos of shoving matches, scuffles, and fights breaking out in the stands have become a weekly occurrence this NFL season. As the season heats up, so too will tensions among fans. But which fans are most likely to hold their own when fists start flying? We surveyed NFL fans around the country to find out which fan bases are the most likely to provoke a fight and which fans are most likely to keep the peace. So what did we find out? about Cleveland Browns fans. They're among the top 10 provokers or fans who would start a fight. <clears throat> and those teams are. And those teams are, number one, Philadelphia Eagles. Number two, Las Vegas Raiders. Number three, Pittsburgh Steelers. Number four, I knew it. New England Patriots. Number five, the Dallas Cowboys. Number six, the the Buffalo Bills, number seven, the Chicago Bears, number eight, the Baltimore Ravens, number nine, the New York Giants, and at 10, the Cleveland Browns. Clevelanders, guess this, are, are also represented on the fans most likely to win the fight. And those teams, <laughs> those top 10 teams are ranked almost in the same order. Eagles, Raiders, Steelers, Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Bears, Packers, Ravens, Browns. <laughs> so there you go. Now they are not on the list of fans most likely to keep the peace. They will provoke a fight and they'll, they'll, Hey, they'll probably win it too. So don't be fighting with fans from Cleveland on football right. Sunday. Yeah. We don't put up, right. Well, not us, not we in, not we in the personal sense. No, I'm not part of that group. I don't fight over football. I just want you to know this. Okay. I, no, I will, if, if I now. go, like if I went to a sports bar with you, right, and you get into an argument with a fan of the opposing team and it, and you guys want to fight about it, I'm leaving, dude. I'm, leaving. I'm just telling you, I'm not fighting <laughs> over a fucking Thanks football team. My back, bro. I am not <laughs> fighting over a fucking football team. You carry your drunk ass out of the door with me and stay safe, okay? It is not yeah. worth it. It is not. That would never happen. Some that alternate universe. That would never happen. Maybe, that would never happen. Yeah. Well, Nick Chubb, man, Nick Chubb, man, this is going to be, this is going to be touch and go. We just don't know. We just don't you know. know. I mean, you know, it used to be a time where I was worried about Nick Chubb not being in, but now, Dernis Johnson. Well, okay. Listen, guys, Dearness Johnson had a great game. All right. And I'm not saying right. that means that doesn't mean he's capable of another one, but I don't, I don't, I, I like D. Okay. 
I have I have a level of faith in D, but it ain't like my faith in Chubb. Okay, it's no. not. It's not. And 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 I'll tell you why. Because Dearness Johnson, he ran in the game on Sunday, but he had 16 yards on eight carries for only two. Yeah. Two yeah, yards a carry for only yeah. two yards a carry. Okay. Yeah, and that's not very good. No, that's not. No, it's not. Now, I'm not blaming D. Ernest for that. I mean, the game is what the game was. Okay. But having said that, wasn't that a game? Man, Let, let's look at it. Watch. Let's look at it, guys. It it was the game was in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was partly sunny. The turf was 24-7 turf. Whatever the fuck that is, that artificial shit they have in Cincinnati. And the wind was west-southwest at four miles an hour with gusts up to five. The referee was Scott Novak. Him and his crew were, eh. Well, okay, guys, let's start. Before we talk any player stats, what did you think about the officiating in the game against Cincinnati? It wasn't um, as bad as before, but it was, yeah, there was questionable no calls for sure. Okay. Okay. I will say there was questionable calls. Okay. Now what I will comment on, on like the whole refereeing thing. I think the fact that we've had such badly refer, refereed games, it is making us very aware. Yeah, but what's did, now the, what's not. the Bears got screwed, though. Am I correct? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying that, but let me finish, okay? okay? It's making us very aware of what's not being called, okay? I'm not giving an excuse for the NFL. This is not what I'm trying to do, okay? But it's making us very aware of what's not being called. So what we might normally have said is, oh, it was all right game. They missed some calls, but, you know, whatever. Could be a bad game right now. Okay, because of how fans are paying attention to it. That's the NFL's fault. Okay, the NFL, a normal, a normal officiated game where they miss some calls could be viewed as a bad game right now because of what they've done at the beginning of the season. It's been awful. Okay, so it makes it puts everything in a, a microscope. So even the games were like they may have actually done oh right because refs are gonna mm-hmm. miss some calls oh sure okay? but but yeah we're true, gonna nitpick true. your ass now because and especially after Monday night and that debacle because listen I've rewatched it and rewatched it a couple times just so I could get a sense of it because I didn't see it live okay but right. the guy sacks Roethlisberger right and then he stands pretty much. Maybe on the Steelers' side of midfield, but he's midfield, just standing. Right. And he looked at the Steelers' sideline. He wasn't standing in any special posture that was, I am now taunting you. Okay, <laughs> but the ref hip checks the guy and doesn't right. throw the flag until the guy runs into his hip check. Right. Okay, what the fuck, man? And and a lot of people are saying this ref should be uh, suspended. Um. I just think that the fact that that kept that drive alive and allowed the, sco- the Steelers to score a go-ahead field goal 
I yep. think the, the league must be and needs to be compelled to look at this and do something about this. And you've got your sacrificial lamb here. Okay. Yeah, not sacrifice to him all the time. Sacrifice they him. Didn't. Listen, but when a when a guy steps up, when you've got an issue like the officiating this year, and you want to put a stop to it, and you get this guy that blatantly hip checks a player and then throws the flag on him with a bullshit taunting call, right? This right, guy has right. just walked up to you and said, "Meh, meh." Right. He's your sacrificial lamb. Sacrifice him. NFL, fix your problem. Okay, <laughs> sacrifice yeah. this man. And well, I mean, almost sad Justin but true. Um, almost sad but true. But that's basically what the ref has put himself in the position of. Now, what I will say is that the player doesn't exactly make it the easiest because he did blatantly do like some mess that. He kind of should have got the call for, well, but name? it's almost like Leonidas or something like that. <laughs> Marcellus something. It's yeah, like he sounds yeah. like a gladiator. He's I mean, like right, exactly. Well, even if you look at him, he's like yeah, you can yeah. see like a, I know look he looks him, like, like a Viking. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a Viking. He's <laughs> like he's gonna get adrenal adrenaline all in him and do yes. something ridiculous. Obviously, oh I yeah, mean, oh yeah. This so dude, I mean, he's, he's he was a headbanger high- from way back. Yeah. So what I'm saying is they could have looked past it. Yes. But he was almost overdoing it to the point where it's like, okay, we want to look past it. We want to look past it. We want to look past it. Stop it. Stop it. And it was like, okay, you get what I'm saying? And then the other stuff happened. So, well, but I, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I, I don't care how long he stood there. I don't care how long he stood there with his hands on his hips, looking at the Steelers sideline. That's not taunting. Okay, that's not daunting. I get what you're saying. They're they're going overboard with this rule. They need a they need a but 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 again, if the official's gonna call taunting on that, you don't wait until you hip check this guy. Okay, and then literally he does not pull that flag until after his hip check has been hit. Okay. He clearly steps into this guy's way. He knew this official knew what the fuck he was doing. Okay. This is not, this isn't the guy that didn't know where the fuck he was at on the field and where the player was. And you can tell this by looking at the video evidence. This is not, this is not up to interpretation. And this call is like the icing on the cake for several calls. When, uh, yeah. Uh, Justin Field got uh, uh got Justin, Okay, but what I'm trying to tell you is, is this 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 official had an issue with this player. It was personal, and he showed it to everybody. Okay, and that yeah. is not supposed to be emphatically not supposed to be part of the game. Unaccept, unacceptable. And, and, you know, players variously throughout the, you know, former players that are now pundits, if you will, have said, look, this guy, you know, we know that there's officials that are out there and just anxious and want to be part of the game. They want their little 15 minutes of fame. Okay. And I can't say that that's what this guy's issue was. I can say he had an issue that night 
He really shouldn't have done that. But what he did was obvious to everybody. And anybody trying to interpret that as anything else is lying to themselves and us. Okay. Now, and, I'm not sure on his background entirely, but I think they said something about he has a background with the Steelers or something. He, you know, might have been a player with for them quite often. Is that what they're well, saying? He might he be. Che- no, no, no. Yeah. This is the player. <laughs> oh, oh so I'm the, talking the about player. the player. Okay. Okay. Um, I thought you were talking so, about the ref. <laughs> so now my thing here is that, um, like, I look at it both from both directions because, like, what you guys are saying that the the rule is kind of a little overblown. He did do the looking a little too long, just because he did the celebrating. He did with his team. He looked at him. He walked towards him, looked at him a little bit, then finally turned around and ran. Ran. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. He was borderline over the top, probably stopped it right where he probably should have and not gone any further. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. Um, but there were no overt motions toward the team. All he was doing was looking at them I with his it. hands I, on I his hips. It. I'm not arguing that. that. Is, I mean, to, to interpret it. that as talking <clears throat> is just fucking ridiculous. I, I get it. I'm I mean, not, I'm like, not arguing. They changed the definition. Right. But I'm not arguing that. I'm not I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is what they're saying is that he overdid it. OK, so I'm looking at it, it was like he probably went and did the staring a little bit too long, but turned but, around. But okay. if we're talking about but that's what well, let me finish. I'm, OK, I'm getting to that. If we're talking about, though, how overblown the rule is. OK, if this had been three years ago when a guy did that, we wouldn't even be talking about it. All right, I'm exactly. saying is the same guy who's making this judgment call, calling, standing and looking, taunting is the guy that hip checks a player and doesn't throw this flag until the player hits his hip check. OK, I'm telling right. you like, that this guy set this guy up. Problem. Listen, this guy set this player up to get this penalty and he kept the Steelers drive alive and enabled them to win the game. OK. An official should not do that under any circumstance. Well, no, I got That's you. I, I'm well, not the league that. needs to do something about it, quite they, frankly. They should do, <clears throat> and I, I, I hope we hear something before <clears throat> before the ball is kicked on Thursday night. We all, need to hear I'm, something they, from they, the league yeah. on this. All I was simply trying to say is that I do get the point yeah. to where we got today's NFL and that's almost overdoing it because of the way they are trying to structure things. But if this was how many years ago, the camera might not even have been on him for the staring. Right. That's the way, hey, the they way, wouldn't have cared. The okay. way I understand it is that the taunting rule is even been amplified since last year. In other words, it, well, changed no, it is a point. It is an official. No, the rule itself has not changed. It is an official point of interest. Interest, right. As is, as is offensive pass interference. Those are two stated points of interest by the competition committee of which Kevin Stefanski and uh, Steelers coach um, Mike Tomlin are both members of. And they Mm -hmm. decided this. So if you want to blame somebody, blame head coach. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. But now I just did a search to make sure did, did the NFL uh, has the NFL come out with any 
statement officially about what happened on Monday night, and they have not. Oh, wait, wait. No, NFL officiating releases video explaining it. So, guys, I'm not going to what explaining Cassius Mars taunting. See, so they're fucking they're not going to do anything to this guy. And they're really blowing an opportunity. They're really blowing an opportunity to put this thing in check before we get to some games that are really meaning something. And, you know, I'm telling you, there's somebody going to get in the fucking playoffs. Don't deserve to be there on a bullshit call. Oh, telling here's, you, here's what I think calls be- across the league are bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. This is what I think should be being talked about more. Okay, mm-hmm. is the fact that Justin Fields is in a in a game where Roethlisberger is getting roughing passer called because of the way he's getting hit, right? And then he gets <laughs> he gets hit Ring. back well after the pass. Oh yeah. Okay, and there's no call. Well, that's what I say. It seems like it seems like yeah. every game you see that the officiating crew has picked a favorite. Okay, that's they're not applying the rule book. They are not applying the rule book even across the board for both teams. Okay, it it is it is blatant, and it is becoming disturbing. Right, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of our game against Arizona. Okay, where Kyler Murray got the roughing the passer and the replay basically shows we touched him. The guy tapped him and says, "Hey, what you doing after the game?" What our guy hits him in the chest, okay, with his hand, and he gets roughing the passer. He but tapped him and says, guy, "Hey, good job, Kyler." That's right, what he did. Right, but Baker actually gets hit in the helmet, helmet to helmet, and okay? we don't get the call. Right. We don't get a call, and we don't get a call. Well, that's so because it reminds me of that. That's what it's reminding me. You know why? Because Baylor Baker can't be concussed. Oh, apparently you have to have a. No, Head's saying, too hard. You have to you have to have a brain to hit the inside of your skull. Oh, okay. That was so wrong. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so let's get to the stats. Okay, the Browns ran for 153 yards on 23 carries with uh three people accumulating those statistics. Uh, the lion's share obviously was Nick Chubb on 14 carries, 137 yards, an average of 9.8 a carry, along of 70 and two touchdowns, baby. And then there's Dearness Johnson, who was eight eight attempts for 16 yards, an average of two, long of seven. And Jarvis Landry ran it once for no yards. So there you go. But listen, on the other side of the ball. The Cincinnati Bengals put together an 85-yard affair uh, with Joe Mixon being the lion's share, getting 64 yards on 13 attempts, an average of 4.9 a carry, along a 21 and two touchdowns. And, and quite frankly, even though certainly those stats don't match Nick Chubbs, that's still better than I like to see them let a running back do. And I'm talking about the 4.9 yards a carry. Okay. Oh yeah, right. Um, and then they had uh, Perrine, who was a, their 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 two punch. He was five for twenty yards at four yards a carry and a long of nine. And you had Joey Burrow, who was forced to run a couple times, and he got a yard. Uh, and Jamar Chase, oh, right. Jamar Chase ran twice, man, and uh, 
He didn't get no yards. <laughs> what I'll say one. to that, what uh-huh. I what I'll say to that, and I noticed, uh-huh. okay, and it's not that we we didn't not bring guys down, but we did tackle in a way, especially on the running backs that were tackles, and they fell forward for yards. Yeah, you you see a lot of that, and I really I really think that's poor technique in some cases because. It's not always where, I mean, you know, there's sometimes where you can't do anything. If you get him down, get him down. But right. listen, can can you please try to push him backwards instead of forwards? We're trying to stop right. him from well, getting yards, it, not give them too right. much. Right, and it is an actual okay. thing, too. I think it's forgotten sometimes when you're in the normal heat of a game and not in a pressurized situation to where you have to stop those mm-hmm. yards that you're supposed to stop the back from falling forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? And right. a lot of their four yards to carry in that game came from their backs just getting I, three falling yeah, forward but, for five. I, I've seen it so many times and not necessarily seen a Cleveland Browns player do it. But how many times have you seen this where it's like third and two or third and one or maybe they're going for it on fourth down? They run the back. They literally make first contact behind the line. But then the guy tackling him throws him forward and he gets the first down. <laughs> Right. It's like, what I the know, fuck, man? Yeah. The fuck? I saw that many times. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> now, so that, right. thankfully, I have not seen that many times this year with the Browns. Okay. No, we, we have actually not had tackling that bad, but I was just pointing out to where, like, those four yards of carrying stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Some maybe a little are, more yeah. preventative. If we're in a game, I'm saying if we're in a game and we know our game plans, we got to stop the run. This is a running team. I think we might do a little bit better. That's not an excuse for now that. Let's, you know let's what I mean? look at the but, passing uh, game because this particular passing game, the Baker Mayfield posted is being used by both the haters and the lovers of Baker Mayfield equally. Okay. Uh, how can you use this? I, I mean, only hate well, I could see in his no, no. throw a listen, high pass. Listen, 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 let's just listen. Here's how the haters are using it. 210 yards. Quit acting like, you know, you just had the birth of, of, of the next savior here because the guy threw for 218 fucking yards on 14 fucking completions. Come on, give me a goddamn break. That's average at best. Okay, and that's what's being said. Now, I'm not saying that's accurate. I'm saying that's what's being said. But but the lovers of Baker Mayfield are are obviously using this performance, which was 14 to 21, by the way. And Dan Orlovsky will make this point a lot better than me. But four of those balls, the incompletions, that is, were absolutely throwing the ball away to avoid a sack. Okay, so just knock them off. They weren't even legitimate passes, but they do count. Okay. Okay. But for all intent and purposes, he was 14 to 17. Okay. And that, right. here's another well, by the point way, about that. By the I way, by, just hold up. 14 to 17. Okay. Two of those three, all right, were drops. Okay. He only legitimately missed one receiver. Bottom line. There you go. And, and what he it, did yeah. is he threw for two touchdowns, 14 to 21, 218 yards. No picks and a quarterback rating of 132.6. Whereas Joey Burrow, well, <laughs> he threw it 40 times, dude. He completed 28 of those, which, you know, as far as percentages goes, it's, well, it's over half. <laughs> okay. And for 282 yards, it's them damn two picks and no touchdowns that really got him, though, a quarterback rating of 69. Oh, magic number. Cool. Um, 
you know, Baker, with our running game working as it was, mm-hmm. he doesn't really need to throw that many times. So there you go. Well, well that's the reason. Okay. Now, now, Lee, the most targeted receiver on the Browns for last Sunday was, come on, give me a name. You tell me. The lowest targeted receiver? I said the most targeted receiver of the Cleveland Browns on this past Sunday was... Give me a name. Peoples Jones. No, sir. Jarvis Landry, baby. Landry. Okay. Yeah, targeted five times. He caught three of them, only for 11 yards, an average of 3.7 a catch, a long of seven, and that's great. Certainly not on the, you know, not on the top five list of Jarvis Landry performances, but Donovan Peoples Jones, on the other hand, was targeted thrice, caught two of them for 86 yards, an average of 43, along a 60 and a touchdown. That's right, baby, DPJ. Nick Chubb caught two balls for 26 yards, an average of 13, along of 23. Right. So he caught one for 23 and one for three. <laughs> and there you go. And, and you know, Bryant, Hooper, and Joku. Bryant, Hooper, and Joku. Now, I, I was listening to somebody as they were, and it was an article I was reading and where they were talking about Chubb and Felton both testing positive. And they said Felton wasn't used in the game against Cincinnati. And then, well, that's not true because he, he caught a pass. Okay. For, yeah. 20 yeah. To, for 22 fucking yards. Okay. I'd say that was using it. He wasn't At used. Impact, he was, was not. He was not, however, used in the running game at all. He carried the ball. None. Okay. And Schwartz even uh, caught a ball, guys. Schwartz caught one for 15. And I am really happy every time I see Schwartz catch a ball. Because, you know, whether or not Anthony Schwartz figures in in some game later this year, possibly a playoff game, who knows? But I think he's going to be something to watch next year. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah because yeah, he's, 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 he's got... With with no. the speed he's got, but 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 the highlight of the game, guys, was Denzel Ward with one interception for ninety nine yards and a touchdown. Talk about yep. turning the tide of a game, man! Because they marched down the field, the Bengals did on that drive. Yes, they did. I was convinced we were going to have a really rough day. Okay, <laughs> and uh, I know and, as soon as I, dude, I said it. I was sitting there. I'm like, oh shit, it's gonna be a long day. <laughs> oh yeah, because they're just. I mean, they they used like you know, good six minutes off the clock, just methodically come down the field, and there they are. You know what was it? Second and goal, third and goal. I can't remember. There they were. Boom, and Denzel, man, boy, that that was gonna be a touchdown. If he didn't do that. Well, probably. if he hadn't intercepted that ball, if well, yeah, it's hard to say whether or not the receiver would have caught that ball. It was a poorly thrown ball. Because it was inside. It was well, supposed to be outside, right? Well, I will say this. If you, um, there was a pass, not the play before, but maybe uh, the play before that or, or two mm-hmm. prior, where I was like, man, our cornerback could have, possibly jump that because I saw him make a move, but it was like he didn't just go for it. He could have jumped that pass. Pick six, right? And then that's when we got down to the end zone. It was pick six. I was laughing. I was like, you gotta be kidding. 
<laughs> Guys, I'm just, I, I'm just now, like, man. Now, real quick, we're going to look at the numbers that matter. And one of the things that you'll note is that there are at least a few of these categories where the Browns, in fact, did not win the battle, if you were, but won the war, which is the game overall. And they did that. And that's how you do it with defense, because the Bengals had 25 total first downs. The Browns only 14. Okay. The Browns mm, were wow. three of nine on third down efficiency, only 33.3%. But, you know, if you're going to do that, if you're going to be that poor, hold the other guy to 27.3%, three of 11. That always helps. There we go. Uh, the Browns did <clears throat> not go for it on fourth down, finally, in a game that I watched. I believe this is the first game they didn't go for it on fourth down at any time in the game. Mm, can't remember. I thought they no, did they once, did but... not. No, they did not. I'm no. telling you. I'm not asking okay. you. I'm saying this is the first game that I remember this entire season that the Browns did not once go for it on fourth down. The Bengals, on the other hand, to Kevin, the Bengals. No, I have. I don't think so. I don't think this was a game. There was no time in this game that they needed to go to for it on fourth down. All right. On the other hand, the Bengals needed to twice, and they didn't make either of them. They were 0 for. 0 for. 0 for, you hear me? Total net yards, though. The Browns had 361, and they allowed 348. This is, man, when your defense is on the money, it, it can really make a difference. Because listen to this. Based on, based on the stats, right? 25 first downs compared to 14. Roughly equal third down completion percentage, right? Roughly equal total net yards and time of possession dominated by the Cincinnati Bengals. 35 minutes and 22 seconds to 24-38 by the Browns. This statistically looks like, oh, the Browns probably lost this game. But no, no, that's what happens when Joey Burrow throws two picks, baby. You know, that's what gets on my nerves. The uh, people talking about the Browns. Yeah, they just beat the Bengals. They're the Bengals. The Bengals are a good football team. Well, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whether or not the Bengals are a good football team remains to be seen. All right. Let's see how they finish the year. Don't go calling them good just because they won a few games and at one point were tied for first place. Okay, I can name you a bunch of years that the Browns, as late as November, had a share of first place in the North, and they finished the season without even sniffing a playoff game. Yeah. All right. I wanted to make a. I did want to make a comment because I didn't comment to the Baker thing earlier. Uh huh. Um, What people are saying about Baker, I don't know what Baker's supposed to do. Um, if he throws. And only gets four incompletions out of thirty something passes, okay? And doesn't have touchdowns, he's shit because he doesn't get touchdowns. If he gets the touchdowns, okay, and he gets oh, the high quarterback rating. Yeah, he can get he the high quarterback can't. rating and then the Browns aren't a really a passing team anyway. Yeah. I mean, no, they're like, not. It doesn't matter like what he yeah. does right now as his critics. So he's gonna have Baker's just gonna have to win. And and it's yeah. just gonna have to be shut up. Well, I'm you. gonna tell you, Baker could take the Browns to the Super Bowl and win it, and they're gonna come back questioning him next year, saying, "Is he really the guy? 
you know, it's the running game. Baker didn't really do it. It was the running game. Okay. I'm just telling you that he, the boy gets no love. He gets no love at all. Yeah, exactly. He just, I mean, I, I I find it sad because he gets none. He gets not a, not a bit. I, you know what? I honestly think they talk about him. Like anybody could stand in there and do that. Like, okay, whatever. Well, we know what I think. I think we're going to get to the playoffs and Baker's quietly going to work his numbers up to where he's top eight, top five quarterback in the league. Right. And then you're going to look at it and everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, Baker's there. And it's like that happened. Yeah. Oh, man. How did he get there? I I honestly think that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah. Now, the Browns tried to do something about their uh, running back situation this week. And that is to claim a released player um, off of waivers, Royce Freeman. Except the Texans had waiver priority over the Browns and signed him instead. Well, I mean, we got that guy named Kelly, though, don't we, in the practice squad? He did very well yeah, in preseason. Yeah, okay, yes, okay, that's great. And and you may <laughs> see him activated. And you may see him activated, but I, for one, am not into the prospect of Finding out if I like this Kelly guy in a regular season game. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, okay. to tell me, to tell me he did well for the Browns in the preseason tells me nothing. Cause the truth is the Browns played all of their second stringers all the way through all four games, you know, except for the first quarter of the last game, did even the offense get any work and the defense, none. So I, you know, hey, he looked good. Well, why, why wouldn't he? You know, he was out there, <laughs> right? Because Chubb and Hunt weren't. He was certainly getting to work. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, well, man. I hope I, I, I'm not. I don't know enough about Kelly to like him or dislike him. Yeah, he did look like he had potential in the preseason. God, it's just not, I don't want to see, I don't want to have to find that out playing the New England Patriots, you know? Do I like this right. guy? Don't I? I, <clears throat> I think that I'm not saying the Patriots aren't good and they do have a good young quarterback, but I, I don't see the Browns losing this game. Well, I do. Listen, they're, they're, they're not playing in Cleveland, Hugh. They're playing in New England, okay? Mm-hmm. A well coached team is the understatement of the year because it's not just Belichick, it's Josh McDaniels, it's the defensive coordinator, it's the entire staff it's the system what you doing, You okay so the Browns now have a system right well this is the Browns newly acquired system going up against a well oiled machine of a system that's been in place for years and years albeit only their second year without Tom Brady as the quarterback of that system. But, you know, Mac Jones is looking good. He's not playing like a rookie. I mean, I dare say the last time we saw a rookie perform this kind of efficient. And this ain't drop. This ain't your eyes fall out of your head. Amazing stuff. This is efficient. This is reading the field. This is, you know, running the offense. Last time we saw a guy do this his rookie season 
Well, dude's name was Baker Mayfield, and he broke the rookie touchdown record. Okay. All right. You know, I mean, we would all like to see that star quarterback, the stars all over the team and everything. And But if you're doing things efficiently and what you're supposed to, that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And Question. It's winning games. Why are we complaining? Well, no. Question. Okay, go ahead. What do you guys think Baker is right now as far as quarterback rating to the league? No, he's probably about 18. 11. I'd say he's, that's what oh, I thought. I didn't like, get a chance 10. to say, but yes, he's 11. I thought he was, you, I was going to say 10. What do you think Baker is as far as yards gained per pass attempt? Per attempt? He's probably about eight. Probably 18. Four. Oh, really? A lot better than that. Oh, what about yards gained per pass attempt? Adjusted. No, this is adjusted yards gained. So I'm assuming this is taking into account. Um, yeah, so he's also still fourth in that. Okay. Um, yards gained per pass completion. Guess who? Think about where he is there. Per pass completion. So this is not just a tenth. This is per completion. So, so mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. I, I think he's got to be higher than four, so he's going to be three or two. He's number one. All right. So all I'm saying here is this. And I said this at the beginning of the season. Baker has some statistics that will make people like, well, why isn't he doing that? But he has some other ones that are that are like, they're very elite looking. Okay. So while we're in the vein of talking about how Baker isn't this or isn't that, if you're comparing him to the other run of quarterbacks here right now, okay, if his touchdown percentage was higher right now, okay, he'd be in, he'd probably be in the top five. Well, here's what I expect to see happen, guys. Okay. I expect to see exactly the same thing we saw last year after week seven when Odell went out. And that is Baker now free to hit the open guy. The go-to guy now, his name is Jarvis Landry, and guess what? Outside of a week ago, you know, week before last, when uncharacteristically he dropped three and fumbled one, right? Um, Jarvis Landry is sure-handed and reliable, and as that go-to guy in the wide receiver core, he's going to continue to function. Now, your guess is as good as mine is what that means because it's not going to be it's not going to be eight catches a game. We just ain't we ain't putting balls in the air like that in Cleveland, and a lot of those balls that are going in the air are going to tight ends. Okay, right? Because you have a well, not only true. do you have probably the best rushing attack in the league, but you've got a core of decent ass tight ends in Bryant, Hooper, and Njoku. Okay. Right. And and so listen, wide receivers become secondary to the issue. It was one of the problems with a guy like Odell. Odell knew there weren't any more balls coming his way. And the truth is, in the condition he's in, the more balls the merrier, because he's going to drop a few of them. Right. <laughs> okay. It's 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 just it, it and and he'll get that out. I mean, I think Odell really needs another year to get, heal to heal to the point where he's kind of 
uh, able right. to get he's back not all to the form. Way back yet. Yeah, right. He's not all the way back. Interesting no, no, not by out. a long shot. Not by a long shot. Interesting to point out. I just said Baker is number one in yards mm-hmm. per completion. He is actually tied with two other quarterbacks. Guess who they are? Uh, Mahomes and Jackson. Joe oh, Mah- Burrow Ooh. and Lamar Jackson. So they're all three in our division. <laughs> mm-hmm. So wow, 12.8, 12.8 per um, completion. Ben. No, Ben is not up there. Ben would have made it perfect having the top four quarterbacks in that category be all in our division. But it's just funny. They're all in our division there. I was like, oh, well, that's our whole division there on top of that statistic there. That's outstanding. I love I enjoyed hearing those stats, Jeff. Well, we're in the toughest division in the league this year. That should also be pointed out. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah, we are. Yeah, um, nobody, nobody wants to talk about that, but we are, and the Browns because, are included be, in it. Well, there's a reason for that, because some people would say, yeah, but how about the a, NFC West? Now, you, you, toughest yes, division in the conference, one. toughest division in the conference, you, you can say that reliably so, but the NFC West has just as many teams above 500 as we do. Is that is that the uh, division with L.A.? Yes, absolutely. With the Rams, That's what I figured. Okay. Yeah, the Rams, okay. the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the uh, and the and, and who and the Forty Nine, the Niners. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the Seahawks are now below five hundred. Oh no! Didn't they just? But Russell win? Wilson is coming back. Wait, didn't they just win? And aren't they one game better than the fucking Niners now? No, they just won, and they're tied with the Niners, three and okay. five. Okay. Okay, but they do have an eight and one team and a seven and two team. So, right. like, I mean, the yeah, and by the, the way, I eight see and one, eight and one, eight and one is uh, is uh, the, <clears throat> the Cardinals. I'm assuming, right? right? Right. Cardinals are eight and one. Rams are seven and two. And I it, I can see where it's tough because Seattle is definitely a dark horse in that they're they're a dream killer because. Yeah, they're not good right now, but they're missing their quarterback who was on. He was the best quarterback in the league before he got injured. Right. And but but back and, this Sunday, he will be. Oh, OK. He's coming back this yeah, Sunday. So that's like unprecedented, unprecedented. The doctor that performed the operation <laughs> has cleared him to return, said he's never seen anybody heal like this. See? Well, right. He's must that means have, we don't know what Seattle looks because, like. Because, well, no, what that you know what that means. Russell Wilson took the super soldier formula. Oh man. Oh He's yeah. Captain America. Oh my God. Oh my God. Hey, hey guys. Uh, that's going to suck for you the better hope, the They Cardinals. better hope he doesn't bring his vibranium shield to the field. Oh, that's no, it's, it's his helmet. His helmet is vibranium. Oh, well that sucks, man. I'd be trying to get some helmet yeah. to helmet contact if I was him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, come on, I, hit me in the helmet. Hit me in the helmet. Hit me. I, hit me. Uh, hit me. <laughs> I want to bring up a disparity point that I just found out. Uh-huh. Uh, we all know what happened with Aaron Rodgers, and he was fined 14K. Well, it seems that another person in the NFL was fined recently. His name is C.D. Lamb, fined 20K for an untucked jersey. So what does that tell you? I don't know. 
It tells you that it, it tells you that Aaron Rodgers was last year's MVP and CD Lamb was not. Speaking yeah. Speaking of which. Uh-huh. Um I was kind of being told that uh um the stuff with Rogers lying isn't really something he can be fined for because he didn't lie to the league. He lied to the media. Uh huh. So, well, so his team knew he wasn't vaccinated. Now, now, obviously, the league can find the team because he was not. I mean, it's a. It may be against whatever policies they have. Okay, but he's not being fined necessarily because he's lied to people. You know what I mean? Where a lot of people have this assumption he's being fined because he lied to people. Okay, and that's not why he's being fined. They're not just fining him because oh well, Aaron Rodgers lied to everybody. Okay, he. No, but here, listen. What they are doing is holding the team accountable. Right. Because the team was treating him as if he were vaccinated. In other words, if you're not vaccinated, you need to COVID test every day. Rogers was not doing that. So, do we know that the team and the team was fined hundred hundred three hundred thousand dollars? Do we know that they knew that he was unvaccinated, or they didn't know? All we know is they were treating him as if he was vaccinated. Oh, okay. Hmm. And the so protocols are simple: if you are unvaccinated, you have to test every day. Okay. Right. And right. if you test positive and you're unvaccinated, you have to be separated from the team for 10 days. No exceptions. And furthermore, <clears throat> you have to have two negative tests at least 24 hours apart before you can come back. 10 days plus the two tests. If you're vaccinated, you test positive, as is the case with Nick Chubb. You just have to have the two tests, two negative tests minimum of 24 hours apart from each other before the game or you can't play mm. and that's why we don't know now whether or not Nick Chubb is going to play because look they're not going to tell you if he has the first negative test but you'll definitely know if he didn't get the second one because he won't be playing on Sunday okay right <clears throat> right but I, I believe it's going to go all the way down to game time. I don't know how fast yeah, they, I, I don't know uh, how fast the turnaround they have on these tests, but I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. So anyway, we're yeah, playing bigger. the Patriots this next week, guys. And uh, here's a headline. Three decades since his stint as Browns coach, Bill Belichick is still evolving. <laughs> so a lot a lot of football has been played in the 30 years since he was first hired as the Browns head coach making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on the side. This will be his 10th game against his former team and in some ways 
The even number provides a clean springboard to reflect and highlight how Belichick has evolved as a coach from his early Browns days. Those were some up-and-down years, recalled Steve Belichick, the Patriots' outside linebackers coach and play caller who was five at the time the Browns hired his father, but has vivid recollections of how it ended. A memory I'll never forget, unfortunately, when my mom picked me up on Valentine's Day and broke the news. I don't keep track of all the head coaching firings around the league, but February 14th is a little bit of an awkward time to separate. That was tough for the family. Our family wasn't well-liked by the public there, unfortunately. The story's well-documented wow. with Bill Belichick having the Browns on the rise in 1994 before owner Art Modell announced in 95 that the franchise was relocating to Baltimore. Things spiraled quickly downward from there. Belichick mm. was fired by Modell, came to New England for the 96 season as a special assistant on Parcells' staff, and followed Parcells to the New York Jets for three seasons before returning to the Patriots as head coach in 2000. And oh my God, the rest is history, right? Sure is. He is uh, 316 ranking third. He has 316 wins ranking third all-time among head coaches behind Don Shula and George Hallis, who have 324 for George Hallis and 347 wins for Shula. So he's, he's, he's in what they call rarefied air, boys. Mm-hmm. In a reminder of how much time has passed since his Cleveland days, Belichick's youngest son, Brian, now serves as the Patriots' safeties coach. He said he has no recollection of them. The Browns, that is. How would he? He was just born as they were starting. <laughs> but he's had a better view of the past 22 years in New England, first as a youngster visiting the Patriots facility, and now in his sixth season on the coaching staff. Do I smell nepotism? Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's three guys named Belichick on the coaching staff that I know of, at least, right? Yeah, maybe. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, that's I cool. mean, there's no, you can't take anything away from him. He is one hell of a coach. I mean. Bottom line, listen, I think Stefanski put it as well as anybody can put it. Look, you've got a well-coached team, an extremely well-coached team. Everybody knows this, right? you got a a rookie quarterback who is not looking like a rookie. Okay. You got an right. aggressive defense that is peopled by some very good athletes. Okay. <clears throat> right. It's going to, it's not an easy out. Okay. You're going to have to, uh, you want your whole playbook available to you, and it's questionable whether that will be, okay? I mean, honest to goodness, anybody counting this win before this game is played is fooling themselves. The Patriots have just as much an angle into the postseason right now as any other team, given where they stand. And what is their record, guys? Un I don't even know. 
It's exactly identical to ours. They're five and four. Oh, that's a shame. It's going to be one more loss next week after we play them for them. Damn. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. All right. For the good of the order, boys, for the good of the orders, anything to say about the Patriots, uh, about what you expect from the Browns or anything as as it relates to the upcoming match? Sure. I I do. Um, I do. Miles Garrett is on pace to get 20 sacks. All righty, baby. If he keeps getting at least a sack a game, I would like him to bump that up. Yeah, I'd like to he see him. Pick okay, what's, what's, to, the one, what's the season record? The season record is 22 and a half by Michael Strahan. Okay. Okay. I want, so which means, I want him to break it. Right. So which means he can it. continue one sack a game as long as in this next game he gets what? He has to get. Three. Well, I At like I like his chances to get three against a rookie quarterback and a yeah, you know, and and listen, not casting any aspersions on the Patriots' offensive line, but as it goes, it ain't the best in the world because I know where the best offensive line in the league is. It's in Cleveland, baby. Say that again. Yeah. Um. Question it- though. Oh wait. Finish, finish what you're saying. I'm sorry about that. I kind of blurted that reading here. Okay, well, on the subject of the sack record, Strahan does own it officially, 22 and a half. Mm -hmm. But But Gastineau or something, isn't it? Al Bubba Baker. Oh. Is the one 1978, 23. No, Gastineau has 22. He's second oh, place. Okay, YouTube. Bubba Baker, but, but they weren't counting sacks back but then. But they weren't counting sacks then. So he unofficially has 23 in a season in 1978. Right. And he was, correct me if I'm wrong, he was a Detroit Lion then. Detroit Lion, yes. Yeah. He was Detroit Lion then. You know, Al Bubba Baker is the guy who famously you know, got in trouble for throwing a woman out of a window. Okay. I didn't ask really? why, why'd you do it, Bubba? And he said, well, I'd, I'd do everything that Jim Brown did. <laughs> <laughs> that is not funny and funny at the same time. Yes, I know. I know. I know. It's like, uh, he's my so, idol. He's my idol. I do everything that Jim Brown did. He had some big sack years early in his career for Detroit. Yeah. He's got a really good barbecue joint from what I understand, too. He's well, he, they had to close it down. Oh, um, I think no. He, well, he sells his uh, boneless ribs still in the store, so it's still available there. But he had to close the place down. I don't know if he closed down because he just... Uh, didn't want to stay in business or it was due to COVID. I got to look that up. Okay. It was probably a little but, bit. Of uh, as it relates to the Patriots game, you, you, you and Jeff both know that I, I don't have a lot of complaints about our team right now, other than when we lose, you know, we could have done this better. We're not playing up to our potential, blah, blah, blah. I love the Browns. I love what they've done with the team. Even the defensive backfield showed up last week. There's one little minor thing, and I and I have to say that Kevin Stefanski has been touted as one of the best play callers in the league. I would like to see Kevin get a little more fired up on the sidelines 
at times when it's required. No. When like, do get in the ref's face, do something. Right. You know, he just stands so passive, and I and I like that about him too. No. By the way, but 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 by the way, you have as much chance of seeing that as you got seeing that coming from Bill Belichick. It's not happening. That ain't his style. Okay. Kevin yeah. Stefanski is what he is, and and he's a rock, dude. But I have seen Bill go after a ref. Maybe not, you know, very vehemently or anything, but, you know, and just dude. some of them calls just really. <laughs> and what do you think it gets Stefanski to do that now in his second year as a head coach? Ah, I don't know. I just. You know, it, almost like you say, we don't have that one player that has that fire that gets people pumped up. I would, you know, in, under certain circumstances, which seem very flagrant, I would just like to see him get a little more animated, you no, know? No, but but you're asking for a guy to be what he is not. And if, if Kevin Stefanski hadn't shown you anything about himself, that's not him, Okay. By right. the way, I, and, and again, I like the fact that he keeps his composure. I do. I well, enjoy you that. You can't like the fact that he keeps his composure and say, I wish he wouldn't sometime. Well, I don't mean, mean I, 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 let me reword. I don't mean just go off, but just like, hey, no, no, ref, come over here. We got to have a talk. No, like, let's do that. What do you, you know? think that gets Kevin Stefanski if he does that in his second year as a head coach in this league? What do you think it gets him? You think it gets him the I, result? No. You think you it gets him the result you want or he wants? No, the, the officials yeah. don't. You, it just don't happen. Okay, let this guy build his reputation. Bill Belichick can pull an official over and talk to him, and that official is being talked to by somebody. No, Kevin Stefanski, you can call him Coach of the Year all day long, but we know why he won Coach of the Year. Because he took the fucking Browns to the playoffs. Who the fuck does that? Yeah, and in one year, his first year. So, yeah, who does well, that? Whoever right. did, whoever did it, was gonna do it in his first year. I guarantee God DMT that. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how many coaches we've had. They were gonna suck until they didn't, and they were gonna keep getting new coaches until they got one who made them not suck. Okay, That's all I'm saying. And, and, and let's face it, the Browns. I don't care what anybody says. At five and four. Even at four and four, the Browns did not suck. <laughs> okay, they did not. I, I'm not saying not. they did. And I'm they, not oh. saying they did. I'm just saying, oh, my God. That's totally amazing. But anyway, guys, you know what? It's time. It's right. time. We, we yeah, got to get out. So what, here's your last chance, boys. Any, any last things you want to say before, before we go? Okay. No. Me? Yeah, anybody. the Cavs are still rolling. Oh yeah, they play tonight. Okay, we have a young player who's looking good. Okay, our our front court, if I am um correct and can pull the stats up here, so I'm not talking completely out of my backside here. Okay, but I'm pretty sure I remember seeing this. We have one of the top front courts in the league. Yeah, but um, how 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 much do you think the Charlie Sexton injury? That's going to impact us. 
Oh, that. Um, I mean, torn meniscus out indefinitely. And we're depending, the Cavs now are yeah. on Ricky Rubio to come in and fill so, that gap. I will tell okay. you this. So it's Colin and, Sexton, and, right? And um, I will say this. It's not our front court. Our front court is doing pretty good. It's in the top 15, I think. But it's our power forward position that's doing really good. And I think that is where Evan Mobley is playing. But on the subject of Sexton, it is going to hurt. He is pretty much our he's the guy we go to. Okay, like if there's if it's like, let's get a bucket. He is the guy we attempt to give it to to get a bucket. Okay, so we lose that. That's important. Okay, now the team is young enough because Markinen is also (coughs) out. Okay, and Markinen was doing pretty good too, and he's coming along and looks like he's getting back. But this team is really wide open for who else can be that guy. Okay, so we'll have to see. Okay, Garland is a good guard. Okay, he usually gets handful of assists. He can score as well. He could be it. Rubio's going to come in. What I've seen from Rubio is Ruby old Rubio couldn't shoot. Okay. Handles the ball. Good passes. Good. Couldn't shoot. He came. He was, he's a Euro player. He left for a little bit. He's been a journeyman basically. And now he has a developed a decent jump shot so he can run a team. Rubio he passes. Well, he can run a team. So we're good in that aspect. So I think we'll be all right. It'll be yeah. interesting to see how long Sexton is out, though, because he is yeah. the guy that right now we look to. Yeah, we're like, I mean, hey, we need a bucket. Yeah, that's 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 my point. And I, you know, and I'm listen. Thirty-one-year-old Ricky Rubio is to me an untested commodity. I'm not telling you he's untested in the league. He's obviously. He's done his he's done his work. He's earned his spot on a roster. Um, but now it's time he's got to come through. Yeah. And all I know is that well, I'll tell you the, what if the Cavs so far, win tonight, if the Cavs win tonight, you're talking about third place, baby. Outright yeah. third place. I will say this for Rubio. One more thing is he is the edge on the team. He is. He's the, he's the he, like. He's the like. Dude, chippy one. He's the chippy when guy. When he gets minutes, he makes them count. I mean, <laughs> yes, he, he does. He, he's the chippy guy. He's the. He's he. He's a good fit for the team right now. You he know really what's is. really interesting? Surprisingly uh, enough, when Ricky Rubio first came to the league from the Euro League, right? Who was he paired with, and where was he at? Was it Minnesota? I think it was Minnesota, Minnesota with Kevin Love. Kevin Love, right? Yeah, Kevin Love yeah. and Ricky Rubio for baby. one year. I think it was That's one it. year. He got Love for one year. That's yeah. it. But I don't even know Rubio what Love is shoot. doing with the team. Rubio oh, what Love, well, is, Love doing. is injured right now. One, well, but what he's been doing throughout the the first seven games prior to his injury is is that good. he he's. Spotting up and hitting threes, he's posting yeah, he up came and off the blocking bench. out, and he's been doing mm-hmm. he's been doing real good work. He off was the bench. he's coming off the bench. He even had a game with twenty something off the bench. He is a really expensive yeah. sixth man, you know. If you if yes, you know what I mean. But it's something they have to they they can't get over it. They got to eat it. The only right. way they either got to eat it or buy him out, <laughs> one or the other. And he ain't at buyout right. level yet. 
And right now it makes no sense not to eat it because love off the bench has actually been working pretty good when he's been there. That's, J- I mean, Jared Allen no is a breath of fresh to, air. Jared, Jared Allen. Allen is tough. Yeah, that's yeah. my guy. Hey, he's all tough points. You Eastern you, Conference Player of the Week last week. Yes, he was, dude. He gets every tough point you think. Like the dude is like I, I am. I am encouraged by the Cavs now. Now, now, Jeff, I haven't, I haven't gone back and watched every game. You know, the condensed game or whatever. But what I am excited about now is checking the NBA scores in the morning. Yeah, they make you want to. I was not expecting this. Actually, I, I even signed up for NBA League Pass just attempting because I'm like a young team. I want to watch them this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting. No, no. Okay, come so on. Far. With 11 games played to be in fifth place. Now, and I don't know how long this can last. I don't know how long this can last. But if the Cavs, let's just let's just imagine, if you will, that they just keep winning every other game, right? Right. Right now, with a with a seven and four record, right? If you just keep winning every other game and maybe every once in a while string two in a row together, right? Right. You're looking at a playoff berth, buddy. Well, here's what you're looking for with the Cavs. NBA seasons usually have a losing streak and a winning streak. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. When they go on their losing streak, we're going to have to see how they recover. That's going to tell us whether they'll go anywhere this year. What we're seeing is potential in them right now. Right. When they go on their losing streak, how they recover will tell us whether they'll, they're playoff bound or not. Okay. Because they'll go on one eventually here, even if it's a four game skid or whatever, it's going to happen. But will they recover and start back? Okay. okay. If they do that, I think we'll, might be looking at might have the rookie of the year on this team's interesting stuff mm-hmm. might have Alrighty. the rookie of the year well let us do this then and what is this well it's 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 getting the heck out of dodge boys because we got to do it so that we can get the browns ready okay i'm confused. to defeat the patriots yeah but why am I not to, hearing the music, man? What's what's wrong, Hugh? What did you do? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this totally sucks, man. Parago. You know, they, I always get blamed. I'm just of saying. Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. And why wouldn't it's my you? Fault. Yeah. It's my fault. I just have to admit it. it, it By the know, way, that responsibility. That Nikolai Jokic. Oh. oh, I figured it out. Okay. Now, what was you saying? Okay, we, we tried like, this all again. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that Nikolai Jokic uh, foul was pretty ridiculous. Oh, dude. Yeah, they both got ejected. But what was that dude thinking about? Because you saw how... When Jokic knocked him down, right, he wasn't even thinking about getting up, was he? Well, look, <laughs> I think Charles Barkley said the perfect thing. Charles said, you know, back when I was playing Ernie, if you hit me, you better not turn your back on me. Right, exactly. And Jokic, <laughs> Jokic said, oh, hell no. <laughs> Basically. Look, I saw Jokic. Have you ever seen his brothers? No, no. Because you know he's from Siberia, right? Or whatever, right? Something like that, yeah. Okay, his brothers are both seven foot. His brothers are both seven foot. 
tattooed out like they're gangsters. Oh, they they might not oh, be no. like their gangsters. The, like they their gangsters, I know. Right. No, they're all yeah. tattooed yeah. out. <laughs> now, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? They look like I was like, oh, he didn't grow up with I mean, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't yeah. hit that man yeah. like no, that. Absolutely. No, he <laughs> I wouldn't he just that man yeah. like that. You know, when when he when he pushed him down, he said, You Americans. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, dude, I was, I was now, did you see, okay, it was on the TNT, it was Shaq and Ernie, well, it wasn't Ernie because, you know, Ernie's son died. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, Ernie's son died, so it was the guy they had, but they were, they were basically showing Zion, right? Yeah. And Zion is, is large, okay? Yes, and he is. Basically, Basically, Barkley says, uh, "So say what you said about that again, Charles." And he's like, "It would look like me and Shaq had a baby over the summer." Oh yeah, but Zion Zion got to lose some weight, and and Barkley told yes. the story. Barkley told the story about how when he was, uh, I don't think he was a rookie. He, he was second year in Philly. And Moses uh, just told him, said, man, you got to, you got to lose some goddamn weight. You fucking fat. And he said he cried. And he said, you cried. He said, well, I couldn't beat his ass. Well, I couldn't beat it was Moses <laughs> Malone. God damn it. You know, it was. That's fun. It was fun. <laughs> so there you go. So now as we, as we attempted All to right. before, here we go. And uh, so, you know, we don't get to do this often, but we do get to do it once a week. And I like it when we get to do it after the Browns have won. So, this is Paul, Jeff, and Hugh. In the meantime, the in-between time, and until that time, what time is that? Time to talk to you about how Kevin Stefanski and the Browns took it to Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and his Patriots in New England and told him a thing or two about how to play the game of football. Until then, right. we're out. This has been a Basement Tapes production. Yeah.